swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chest and stores from legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rock shoes to every clue, Easter eggs and gaming news, the POTUS need some bad dudes to crash crew like Bandicoot, all shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A Dub fumbling around inside of this drawer. Uh, you can find us at control issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. Use it accordingly, appropriately. Also, go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be, and look for Control Issues. Download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it. You can also look for your boys on Spotify. Make sure you do that. We'll love it. Uh, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure and mosey on over to X. My control issues is the handle X, X always forever. AMC, how you living? Uh, living good. Living well, A Dub. We got what two weeks off. Um, oh, oh, damn. Yeah, I felt, I felt oh, like you, mean the, you mean the show? I thought you meant work. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I wish. Yeah, <laughs> just like after after the holidays, and get like another two weeks. Uh, no, um, I think every black person in America should get two weeks off during Black History Month in February. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just let us be black. Yeah, all uh, the time. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so everything's been been all right. You know, life life kind of got a little serious there for. Um, Got serious there, so I had to take off a week to go, you know, go see my dad and deal with some family stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we had to take a week off, you know how it is. But it was a pretty, pretty eventful time, unfortunately, in gaming. But you know how it is in gaming. There's always something going on. So we'll revisit and whatever is announced that we might miss, a, a new story will pop up. We'll we'll be able to revisit that thing. So yeah, it was all good. And um it's good to be back. Got got it, got to play some video games, got to watch some TV, got to be around the family. Just be grateful. How about how about yourself, A Dub? How, how have you been? Uh, this past couple of weeks, man. I'm just I I, I got to get back back up on the wagon. <laughs> got to get my stuff together. I've just been chilling, man. Just laying on the couch, enjoying this rain and this wind. Of course, you know those are my my favorite weather conditions. So it's nice to have them both together. But yeah, man, just been working. You know, just trying to get my finances to settle down, trying to improve my quality of life, making some changes. You know, your boy got that internal, excuse me, got that internal expansion for the PS5. So now I got all my PS5 games on the console, ready to go, drop of a hat. And it's it's just nice being able to flip through the catalog. It's like, it, I imagine it's like what someone who has a massive collection of vinyl feels like when they just go to their shelf and you're like, oh, this is a good one. Oh, this is a good one. Oh, this is my favorite. <laughs> let me let me play this for you again. Yeah, man. Just, just having a blast. Uh, you know, made a little grocery run earlier today. Thought I'd treat myself to those those Lego succulents. So gonna build those a little later. Yeah. Yeah. Just living chilling 
not complaining because things are pretty damn good. That's awesome. Well, how about the game in AW? You said you've been you've been slacking in other areas. That means you've been focusing in other areas. So what you've been gaming on? Not intentionally, but it's, it's 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 so easy to just sit there and play a game rather than you know go outside and walk around and pick up heavy things a bunch of times. But you know, I got to get back into that. Got to reward myself for good behavior instead of indulging in absence of good behavior. But I've been doing a lot of that indulging. Your boy A Dub. I've been a little busy. Uh, been dabbling in my my typical rotation. You know, Overwatch Two. I got I I got the highest prestige level. So your boy is officially a behemoth in Overwatch Two. Very pumped about that. Very satisfied with that. Got. Um, this game called Diablo 4. <laughs> so season three has been going on, season of the construct. And, you know, in general, it it's all right. It's about it's about the same feeling I had for season one where it was like, okay, it's new stuff, but it, it's not anything that really like moves or compels me to, you know, really keep coming back, really keep digging. But at the same token, I'm also playing a barbarian AMC. And you know, with my history with Diablo 3, that Barbarian is one of my least favorite classes. However, the Barbarian in Diablo 4 is absolutely amazing. <laughs> it's oh, just, nice. Like, dude, you you feel the power, especially so my main move, my core skill is upheaval, where they they dig a two-handed weapon into the ground and basically fling rocks and body parts and everything in a outward cone toward other enemies. And it's just like, every time you do that, you just see this wave of bones and body parts and rocks and everything just flying away from you while you're just beating on stuff, <laughs> leaping, causing earthquakes, hit them with the ground stomp, hit them with the upheaval. I'm just clearing mobs like i'm like i'm sweeping away dust it's phenomenal i have a renewed love and respect for the barbarian especially since they have some of the best looking cosmetics for their their armor pieces in the entire game so i've made it to a little over level 50 i've gotten up to world tier three and you know just playing and digging they they put out another event for Diablo 4 within the season three that apparently is really good. So I need to boot that up and check that out, see what's going on with there, see if I want to, you know, push it any further, see if I can complete the season journey. I definitely want to complete that battle pass. And yeah, just been enjoying that. But then when it comes to the new games, so this one's been out for a while, but it just came to console like a couple of weeks ago, like a week or two ago. Uh, it's called Dark Light. And it's set up to look like a, a 2D kind of Metroidvania thing, but without the Metroidvania aspect, it's it progresses in kind of a Souls-like way, but it's not a Souls-like. And it has like this roguelike layer on top of it all, but it's not a roguelike. And yet all these things come together to make this incredibly unique experience that's brought to life by one of probably the most creative and just evocative art styles I've seen in a long time. Like, it looks like the characters aren't rendered or modeled or anything. It looks like they're like action figures or sculptures that are photographed 
and animated within the game. But yeah, it's it's relatively short. I got to the end of the game in about two days of playing. I played the hell out of it the first day and I played it a little bit on the second day, hit the ending. But then that's where the new game pluses and everything comes in. It's doing the whole multiverse thing is, like, oh, we stopped the evil here, but the evil is still out there in other dimensions and we got to go after it. So, yeah, so I stepped I step through the portal. Now enemies are tougher. The loot's better and everything restarts. So I get to do the entire game over again, but I bring all my my weapons, my items, my currency, all my upgrades and things. And knowing knowing what happens in the game, I can now play the other side of the ball and try to get the benefits of making the decisions that I didn't make the first time around. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we should There might still be a stream or two up on twitch.tv slash control issues pod. And then lastly, because I got dark light because I, did, I had that little window of time before Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League came out. So if you guys have been following the show, you know I've been positive about the game, was looking forward to it. Finally got my hands on it on release day. I didn't do the early access. I heard there were some issues with that that got ironed out pretty swiftly. So, you know, hopefully no harm, no foul. I believe WB refunded people like 20 bucks each who were affected by the thing. So I kind of wish I got it. So I could have got the early access for like 10 extra dollars instead of 30, but Hey, say my B, but got into the game. I'm having a blast with it, man. Like so much to the degree that I, I've dealt with the justice league. And now I'm at this level where now it's time to deal with Brainiac, but then it's like it, it's not just Brainiac and I'm not going to spoil too much, even though people have definitely spoiled a lot of the game for themselves online already. However, I have respect for our audience and, you know, you could write in, you can hit us up. Let us know if you got any questions. I will gladly answer them. There are plenty of streams up that we have so you can watch that. But yeah, just the whole time I'm watching the trailers and stuff as the game is coming around and I'm just like, oh, this looks it's kind of it's open world. It's super person kind of situation where you're, you know, you're traversing a city, you're messing up aliens, you're dealing with, with Riddler challenges and, and puzzles and things. You're dealing with the Justice League. You got Amanda Waller on your ass. It's it's a lot going on. It's oh man, just the writing and the performances are top notch, even the banter between the characters as they're going about their normal business when you're just going to and fro it's just it it's all very very charming and very entertaining i like that the characters each have four distinct play styles that are all fun to engage with you know it's i thought i was going to be playing nothing but harley quinn in the game but in the tutorial they make you like just do a few minutes with each character to get used to the basics of them and i gotta say man Harley is cool, but Deadshot and Captain Boomerang are the shit, man. Because, of course, Deadshot has that jetpack. And there's there's some mechanics there to help you stay airborne longer. And, you know, you could float and hover in the air. You, you're just all over them. Man. You're hitting them with these shots. You're upgrading your skills. And you're, you're expanding your, your capabilities and your power to the point where I'm, like, shooting drones and helicopters out the sky with a single shot. Like, King Shark is sort of like the Incredible Hulk of the bunch. Like, you remember playing 
Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, whereas, you know, you charge, you jump up, and you're bounding. He's swimming through the sky, slamming down on the ground, melee, slamming dudes to and fro, cutting them up. It's, it's, and then Captain Boomerang, that's the most original and innovative, like, hit I've seen for kind of a superhero experience in a long time. Because, like, you throw the boomerang, and then he, runs really fast to wherever it is and you can throw it multiple times he has like little short range blinks that help him move around and dodge while in combat and it's it's just it's fast it's responsive it's satisfying like once you get the basics and you get used to playing with each of the characters it's thoroughly satisfying in my opinion so if you're if you're a fan of say the infamous franchise or just open world superhero games maybe sunset overdrive kind of things like that you won't go wrong with suicide squad it's there's it's kind of a i won't say steep there's like a sharp learning curve where it starts off kind of awkward and it feels weird but once you get used to the movement and you you understand the limitations and what you need to do to maintain constant momentum and locomotion it there's nothing else like it it's awesome. So I'm having a good time with that. I'm looking forward to playing more of it. I believe I'm in the end game and it's got some some interesting mechanics there that I'm looking to dig into and see what they offer. I'm uh, still got to see, you know, the the true depths of what the loot offers. Mm-hmm. So there's still quite a bit there. I'm looking forward to it. But AMC, what have you been playing? That sounds dope. Um, same same old games pushing through, still playing Overwatch. Every just working it in every now and then, right. you know. Um, we have a to let y'all in e single, which is uh Dub's brother and mm-hmm. Dub and myself. We have a group chat on Overwatch, and the the group chat. There's been a lot of focus on the uh, the meta around Mercy and her being OP <laughs> to the point of <laughs> annoyance. There's I guess there's two characters that people hate right now. It's Mercy and Sombra. Yeah. Um and uh yeah so Mercy's been you know she's been the topic of discussion whenever I look up things and so eventually you know me focusing on support it's like all right let me let me put some more work into this Mercy like I always like Mercy but now I'm hearing that she's OP so clearly I'm not utilizing her as much as I would like to because I love playing with like Lucio and other characters um so yeah I've been focusing on Luc- uh, Mercy lately and one just getting better with her getting better with her mobility um especially with being able to pop up and then pull myself to somebody else again and pop up again to one be even higher but then also just just that that extra advantage of being able to pop up move to the other side of the map so they have to look up and try to shoot at me but while they're doing that the the homies can focus on them so i'm seeing some benefits there at least as staggering myself around so that when they do focus on me it just leaves them open to fire because you know everybody sees a mercy and it's get that mercy out of here and so if they're going to come after you one make it harder and two make them more vulnerable in the process so that's been a big part of it um and then just really utilizing because one of her added abilities that they gave her a little bit ago with uh one of the patches was that um you know, she gets health every time she heals people. And so knowing that, like, if I am being attacked, if I see one of my teammates that's lower on health, immediately switching to healing them as fast as possible as I'm getting out of there. Because then I'll I'll increase my ability to survive the attack because I'm getting that 
that added health from healing another person that's weak. So I'm always trying to keep track of what players have lowest health so that I know that if I do come under an attack, I have I have an exit strategy. Um, so wait, yeah, doing wait, this. you get you get extra healing for healing someone that's low. Yeah, exactly. So if what? you, oh man, oh okay. general, that explains a lot. Yeah, exactly. And so because of that, yeah, like that's that's why you always want to, as a mercy, you always want to make sure you're healing somebody that doesn't have health. Because then, if you come under fire, that basically boosts you as well as boosting them. So it's like a, a double advantage in that way. So that's uh that's a big thing. So um yeah, it's I know that there's a lot of discussion about around the battle mercy, but there's still benefits to healing <laughs> as a mercy and not just running around with your pistol all the time taking out tanks. Um and so yeah, it's it's great. I'm loving mercy, loving loving other characters in the game and just loving Overwatch 2 in general. Other than that, been playing more of uh, Super Mario Wonder. Um don't really have much more to say to that. Got like a we got a new badge that had a uh, uh, piranha it's a piranha plant grappling hook <laughs> so now you have that in mario what? um where basically you can jump and then you hit the button that um like the badge button will say and he throws out a grappling hook that's the piranha plant like head and like vine and it'll, it'll grab onto a wall so it doesn't really it doesn't go up it's more of a sideways thing so if you're trying to cross like a say a chasm and there's like a wall on the other side of the chasm you can jump and then toss out that grappling hook piranha plant and then grab onto the wall and it'll pull you over to that wall and then you'll also stick onto that wall so um awesome <laughs> awesome thing to have in the game and it's it's very yeah. fun yeah super mario wonder is it's just a fun game it's you know it's it's all the platforming goodness that you love in mario and then they just added those badges with that added ability to really to really uh diversify how you approach things in the game and to just give it a fresh feel on top of like all the different you know hats and stuff that you can get so yeah that game is awesome and if i'm playing oh i'm playing more dragon ball z kakarot uh just loving that game pushing through the frieza saga took out the ginyu force so i'm, I'm on my way to take down frieza at this point so that's gonna be fun yes. still haven't gotten that really looking forward to getting that super saiyan transformation because all right now i only have the kaioken so i want to see how it varies from the kaioken having that super saiyan transformation but um yeah that game is the shit and yeah, love that game. Love video games. Love everything I'm playing right now. Gaming is good. 2024 about to be even better. And let's get into it, A-Dub. Let's get into these topics of the week. Top topics, topics of, of the week. week. Uh, you want to lead off, A-Dub. A lot happened within the last two weeks, but so much happened this week alone that we could just focus on current news, but you can hit it however you want. Where, what do you want to, where do you want to take us, A-Dub, with this first story? I'll start off slow. I'll just, I'll just dip a toe in give you guys a little information before we get into the main course because you gotta gotta wet the whistle a little bit mm -hmm. so the original director of final fantasy 6 has made an interesting statement regarding a possible remake so uh let's see what is it thing again yoshinori kitase says that a final fantasy remake like final fantasy 7 remake would take around 20 years to make. <laughs> he says he gets a lot of requests from it from fan for it from fans, media, and from people in the company. So he is sad that he can't confirm it. He said there would be too much content and characters. I say, you better get started. <laughs> because <laughs> I'm what gonna be 41 this year, 20 years, I'll be early 60s. I, I might still 
I might still have the vigor of mind. I might still have the dexterity necessary to be able to enjoy this game the same way I came into my gaming career, just with one of the finest examples of what a game is and could be of all time. I would love to, I would love to go out of gaming the way I came in. AMC, does this make your heart flutter? Oh yeah, it makes my heart flutter so much. I as as you said too, I echo all that. This was a game that changed my perception of video games. Because up to that point, you know, a lot of platforming, a lot of beat-em-ups, mm-hmm. um, things like that. And this was my first introduction into one JRPGs, but into just epic storytelling in a video game and character development. No, most games are centered around the gameplay, which is totally fine. Um but like yeah the stories are very minimal zelda like you're they just drop you in that world <laughs> you gotta figure yeah. things out at least back then uh and like the story kind of comes to you but even in it's not it's not too detailed it's kind of like take out the the evil spirit save the princess kind of stuff uh and then like yeah you get to final fantasy and it's the, villains that like you actually like well not because i like bowser but villains that you that you love even in their darkness um great a great cast of main characters not just one protagonist but like a whole crew with backstories and you know and then development changes to them as you play through the game uh a world that completely changes as you play the game like all this stuff completely new to me and with final fantasy 7 remake and everything that they've done there that's always been the next question is Final Fantasy VI, if not that, what's going on with Chrono Trigger? So they're mm-hmm. just sitting on two just stockpiles of cash that at any Gold point mines. they could just <laughs> pull the trigger and collect everybody's money <laughs> in gaming. And so, yeah, um, at least we know that if they were to do it, by the looks of it, if it's going to take that m- amount of time, that means that they would want to be super ambitious with it and not just, you know, just another remake. Uh, yeah. Cash grab. <laughs> yeah, like they would want to be very ambitious with what they would want to do with this game. And so I do like that, that they don't just view this as a game that they can just, all right, when it's time, we're just going to throw it out there. It's like, if we're going to do this, we're devoting all the time to it. And so I, I do like that they still have that reverence for this game. And yeah, get 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 to work on it because we're gonna have Final Fantasy seven three <laughs> installment number three. I'm assuming that's gonna be con- the conclusion of that of that, and you're gonna need to move on to something else. And hopefully by then, you're gonna have Final Fantasy six ready to go. Hopefully, and just to just to add a little bit to the story, you man Hironobu Sakaguchi weighed in. Yeah. <laughs> he was saying the difficulty behind remaking. Final Fantasy VI was elaborated on by Final Fantasy creator Hironobu Sakaguchi, who said the original game's pixel art in 2D format would make it much more complicated to redo, demanding a complete overhaul of the story and graphics. Despite his grievances, it appears even Sakaguchi is eager for the remake, asking Katase, won't you release it a little sooner? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just... It'll, it'll be such a watershed moment for gaming to not only bring what might possibly be one of the best remakes ever made since Final Fantasy VII Remake, even two-thirds of the way complete, but to bring Final Fantasy VI back into the public eye, into that spotlight 
in front of a new audience where it can be appreciated for all the things that you know fans of it keep telling people it does but nobody you know has the time or the energy to actually go and play it and experience it for themselves it's a whole game i'll do that but one of the finest of all time one of the finest experiences one of the greatest stories a cast of the greatest characters the first and best lovable video game villain like it's 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 a single touchstone of just all things great about gaming in one of the greatest eras of gaming it's it deserves it more than any other game ever made final fantasy 6 deserves just a full-bodied remake top to bottom with every single detail lovingly handled by people who know and appreciate the original just my personal opinion feel free to quote me share it all over the internet amc you got anything else to add on this ah uh, nothing else to add well there is hope <laughs> and hopefully hopefully you know we see something official within the next few years maybe they maybe they're concepting trying to figure it out i don't know but let's get into our next topic of the week to- topic of the week let's see um here's another sad story unfortunately or <laughs> it's that it's that time of the year well, I, it seems like it's been that time of the two years but let's see uh <laughs> This is a story from The Verge. Embracer lays off 97 IADOS employees and cancels new Deus Ex game. Damn. Yeah, unfortunately. So let's see. Uh, IADOS Montreal is letting go of 97 game developers and, and support staff. The company announced today on XXXX. This was shortly after Bloomberg's Jason Schreier scooped that the studio has canceled an unannounced Deus Ex video game. So it's interesting. It's unannounced, but it's canceled. But let's keep yeah. it going. Well, I mean, the global econ- the yeah, the global economic context, the challenges of our industry, and the comprehensive restructuring announced by Embracer have finally impacted our studio. Wrote Idos Montreal. A little backstory here: Embracer snapped up both Idos Montreal and Crystal Dynamics from Square Enix in May 2022, putting the studios behind Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, and Thief under one umbrella. That November, Schreier tweeted that a new Deus Ex was now very, very early in development. It appears that that game is now canceled. Mm-hmm. So, A-Dub, what do you think about this? I know you've played previous Deus Ex games. Um, for like four minutes. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, I know this was a, a big story at the time when when Square, Sen- Square Enix basically sent Crystal Dynamics and basically handed off crystal dynamics and night montreal to embracer mm-hmm. they were like oh, what, what is, what's wrong with square enix uh they're they're fumbling the bag and it seems like it's been a disaster <laughs> since then for those studios so who knows maybe square enix had some foresight with the way that the economy was going the, the global economy was going and they knew that this would be too much to hold on to these two things and now embracer is starting to feel the impact of that but yeah um what do you think about this story i well, it's I can't help but continue to go back to the pandemic, like toward the beginning when it was like, oh, people are staying at home and they're buying video games. This is amazing. And, you know, video games are having record sales unlike anything else. And the whole time I'm sitting there 
And I'm like, I really hope the industry isn't making the assumption that this is going to hold because everybody's locked in, locked indoors for a long period of time. When they go back outside, a lot of people are going to forget they ever gamed at all. The same way they forgot all the puppies they adopted and took back to the shelters. It's like you can't you can't plan. <laughs> You can't base your plan on an act of God or an extraordinary event of that nature because, like, the news has been telling people ever since it was going on, this is like a one in 100 year kind of thing. So, if you're planning, if your five year plan is based on a one in 100 year event, you're kind of out of sync with the cycle of how things happen and all that. Like, it, it was, I mean, it was great that gaming had that success. I think that in some way they should have leaned into like, okay, we got to accommodate this in some way, but by and large, there should have been a lot of saving going on. Like, let's just put some money away. Let's grow a little bit to try to accommodate this. But just industry-wide, it just, just seemed like they were just spinning out of control. Man, I, I'm sure that people more knowledgeable about business can offer some more enlightened conjecture, you know, me with my my limited understanding of things. And but it was just like, you guys, you shouldn't be doing this this way. It's it's not going to be good on the other end. And sure enough, here we are. And it's just layoffs after layoffs after layoffs after layoffs. And now these layoffs are coming with with canceled projects. And these are projects that otherwise are sound investments and solid ideas to run with. Like a new Deus Ex would have done well. Um, there's, there's other layoffs and cancellations. I mean, I'll, I'll talk about one a little later, but like, it didn't have to be this way is all I'm getting at, or who knows, maybe I'm incorrect. Someone can feel free to correct me. AMC, what about you? What's your input? Yeah. A couple of things there. I mean, one, it, it is kind of funny because, you know, when Last of Us got canceled, it was because it's a live service game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, oh, like, and now, as you said, we're seeing mass layoffs everywhere. But yeah, when a live service game gets canceled, the only reason why I got canceled is because it's a live service game. Yeah. Um, and layoffs are only because of live service games. That's why all this badness is happening. Yeah, so the, yeah, like, their, like their live that, service that attempt failed. So they have to, they got to shed all that extra personnel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, throw all that bullshit in the trash. Um, yeah, and as you said, like, yeah, I, I don't know much about it. I just I remember that, you know, during that pandemic time, the the rates were super low and if, if non-existent, and you would hear on like every investing like show they would say like money is free, basically right now. <laughs> and then um, you know, obviously money's free, everybody's spending, companies are acquiring and spending. And then um, the economy gets too hot, and then so the Fed starts to raise rates, and now money isn't as free anymore because money interest costs rates money are now. <laughs> yeah, interest rates are a lot higher, so you're paying a lot more for 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 borrowing, and so money got tight. And then you're seeing here now that also a bit of it too is, which is annoying uh, if you're at all like into investing, is that any type of contraction is seen as you know, just the worst sign like for a company from, from an investor standpoint, even if it's not rational. And so, um, yeah, you saw that with like, you saw it with Netflix, like Netflix had this huge boom during the pandemic as well with subscribers. And then we saw the, the numbers right as things started opening up, the subscribers started going down. There was actually a mm -hmm. contraction in Netflix subscribers to the point where, and you see this with PlayStation where they said, you know what? 
from now on on our earnings calls, we're not going to talk about subscribers. Mm -hmm. the funny thing is now they're talking about subscribers again because they had a big boom again. It's because of that goddamn password crackdown. Yeah. And so and now they, they're uh, talking about raising prices again. Like Netflix has got the game all messed up. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. I, that's why I don't have, I'm not subscribed to Netflix right now. I have too many other ones, and it's like, yeah, I don't really need this at the time. But I will, I will eventually have a similar resolve. But right now, my family <laughs> depends on <laughs> my yeah. Netflix subscription. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that, like that you saw that with Netflix and and other things and yeah we're gonna see it now with like video games where there is this huge boom and as you said once people got open once everything opened up again people started going out and they stopped buying as much when it came into the video game space there's a uh, contraction and now the industry is somewhat overreacting as you're saying in that like they're now acting as if like well now we can't make any games like yeah. <laughs> because there's just no money like all the money's dried up um when games are clearly like yeah, like like yeah games are clearly selling well um oh, but that's uh sweet yeah. pandemic money <laughs> yeah exactly and then maybe it was just the issue was that they were just developing too many games all at once and so they have to kind of spread out their development cycles a little bit more um and you know like just the pandemic in itself has just had lasting effects like as we saw with last year just 10 out of 10s just all back to back within the same amount of time mm -hmm. <laughs> like because like these oh. games that were all being worked on during the pandemic and then they all got pushed to the point where they all came out around the same time and just we're going to always see these lasting effects at least for a while when it comes to the pandemic and it's unfortunate but yeah it's, there's going to be companies are going to be looking to lean out um especially with companies that have like mergers they're gonna they're gonna want to look to lean out as well which you'll get into later um but yeah it's it's it sucks because it's a very human story and yeah. yeah it's like um it sucks that we don't get a deus ex game but it also sucks even more that 97 people had to lose their jobs in the process so it's right, just just there like it's thousands of people across the industry it just keeps rolling yeah yeah exactly but this would buy it off in particular and so, yeah, it's unfortunate that this is the situation. This is the state of the industry. Hopefully things will, you know, start looking better <laughs> soon because it is kind of a bummer every week to read a story about layoffs. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it seems to be the story of the time when, when things are going well, uh, you know, shit has to also go bad at the same time. Well, like but, uh, I don't, I, I hesitate. I hesitate to refer to it as a silver lining, but I mean, I guess just a little, a little extra context and bit of reality to that situation is like it's, you know, it isn't like the industry is shrinking from what it was. Like the only reason that they're having this significant amount of layoffs is because they had a significant amount of growth going into it. So they're able to shed all that stuff. So it's not like the industry is crashing and everything's everything's falling down. It's like it's unfortunate. It is like the natural expansion and contraction of business just on a personal level. I just feel like it could have this particular effect could have been mitigated if there was just a little more foresight into like this is temporary. We should probably keep some of this money instead of spending it on hiring personnel and doing more projects. I mean, have we not learned from Kurt Schilling and 38 Studios with the, the one game they put out when they had 300 development, 
but were working on a loan from the state of Rhode Island and couldn't pay it back. So the state of Rhode Island seized the studio and the games and put them up for auction. It's just like manage those finances, manage your personnel. There's a lot of money on the table, but it costs a lot of money to go out and try to get it all. So don't be greedy. Just take what you can. (laughs) Just keep everything nice. Keep everything nice and tight and in the pocket to a point where your layoffs continue to only coincide with the completion of a project because there are natural layoffs in that course of business. This is something that could have been mitigated or avoided if managed properly. Personal opinion. Feel free to at me or whatever if you have a different one. I don't think anybody's going to be coming to the defense of corporations laying off people. It's a, yeah, yeah. If anything, it's the idea of greed, which is like it's it's going to happen. Businesses see an opportunity to expand; they're going to take that opportunity, mm-hmm. and then and then that's where they bring in the CEO. That's like I'm a I'm a lean out this company, and then that's when they start firing people. It's just mm-hmm. the it's the nature of business, unfortunately. And as you said, I'm like lean it's lean out this company. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate, but it's also it's just how business works sometimes, and it, it just sucks. I can't <laughs> I can't stand like I understand like if a business isn't doing well and you come in and you shake things up, but if you're coming into a business that already does things well, like, I can't stand the kind of people who are like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna clean house or I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna, all this thing that works and that you've been doing for years. Yeah, we're throwing that out. We're doing it different now. Like I can't stand that kind of mentality. It's like the the thing you're brought in to do has already been done <laughs> and we just need you to continue that cycle like it's not on you to basically destroy the balance that they've achieved over so many years but again what do i know i'll i'll move on and hold my tongue yeah all right well let's take a quick break and then we will get into the next topic of the week Ta- topic God. of the week all right, we are back. A-Dub, what you got? What I got? What do I have? We're going to get into the big topic of the week. Top, topic of, topic the, of the week. week. We got to stay to play. Mm-hmm. January 2024, Sony coming in, letting us know what to expect from the third-party deals and their PSVR 2 offerings. We're going to just go through the list. Looking for things to catch our interest. Of course, we're going to be holding back on the bigger ones until the, the closer to the end of the segment. So it's going to start you off light. There was leaks. There was rumors. There was going to be a remake of some kind of a, a PlayStation 4 title that was, you know, pleasantly received. Had a, had a pretty good track record. I don't remember anybody talking anything about it. Personally, own it myself. If there is an upgrade path, I might be interested in this. We're getting a remaster of Until Dawn, and it's coming to PS5 and PC this year. So the rumored Until Dawn remaster is real. It's coming to PS5, PC. Uh, We got to look at the remaster's enhanced graphics and learn that developer Ballistic Moon is handling the project. Uh, Immediately, when I saw the trailer, I was just like, yo, I already know what this is, and it looks pretty damn amazing because until dawn was always a looker of a title you know especially you know not necessarily being something that has a whole ton of gameplay mechanics and a huge world to explore it's a very very focused and contained 
kind of game. I haven't gotten terribly far in it, but I, I see what's going on. However, uh, looking at Until Dawn, the remaster, like the visual quality is definitely stepped up while holding on to the the charm of the original. So it's interesting. I wouldn't I wouldn't be in the market to get it if I have to like get the whole thing. I don't want two copies of Until Dawn, but if Sony offers us some kind of upgrade, perhaps I would definitely do that. Get back into Until Dawn and finish it. AMC Horror Aficionado. How do you feel about this remaster? Is this going to be um, the one that you get into? Nah, nah, I mean, I've had it on. I think I got the like play PlayStation Plus like however long ago, and it's just yeah. You know, I don't think I'll ever get to it. The um, it you know, nice it was girlfriend game. And I, uh, I mean, yeah, I probably played Detroit Become Human before that with Marissa. I asked her if she wanted to play Until Dawn in the past, and she wasn't interested. Uh -huh. um, yeah, uh, but, you know, it doesn't look bad. I remember people loved it, so I'm sure it's a, it's a great remake for those people who, I'm like the people who loved it, one, but also, you know, for the new, new audience that wasn't around when it first showed up, because it did come out a while ago. And so... Um, because of that, like I'm, I'm sure it's uh, it'll be a great experience on that end. But yeah, just not a game personally that I'm interested in. I've, as I said, I've had it for uh, forever, and it's never been a priority of mine. So, why would a remake be a priority? <laughs> <laughs> Understood. Uh, what caught your eye at the state of play? It's in front of me. Um, let's see what 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 caught my eye. You see, until done. No, I thought Helldivers 2, we've seen this game in the past. I <laughs> got a little bit more of a, a look at it. Mm -hmm. um, just seeing some of the the different different creatures uh, in the world. Here, listen, let me get the write-up. The show began with a look at Helldivers 2. This sci-fi shooter will be released on February 8th. So you don't have to wait long. That's all you got. All right. Ooh, anyway, so by the time people are listening to this show, they may be playing Helldivers 2, formulating their opinions. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it looks like a fun game. Um, saw more of the action, saw like different things, like I guess, I don't know if it's classes, but I guess different loadouts that you, that you could have with the, um, with the, what was it? Like he, the guy had a, a right shield in front of him mm -hmm. to like block attacks. We saw like some of the different um, ammunition, which we've seen in the past being like guns, lasers, things like that. Um, they did tease that uh, post launch, we'll be getting mechs. So that yes. should be interesting because oh, the mechs man. were definitely fun in the original Helldivers. That dreadnought. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that should be cool. And yeah, it's just like, it seems like a fun game as far as like, even like just strategy, because like when I was just watching it, you see like one, you'll have like the bigger enemies that seem kind of more like a boss battle, but then there's, there's hordes and a lot of it too will be kind of working in tandem with your team to set up certain kill points maybe funnel them in a certain direction so that and then you you rain hell as they're crossing a certain path but it seems like there's a lot of strategy to controlling the hordes that i think can play out and it, and it seems to be um i just amplified from this third person perspective as opposed from the top down um just like the carnage that will that will show up within this action so i'm i'm still very positive on this game i'm hoping that people liked it the first one people loved and i said i wouldn't understand why that would suddenly change um given like the, the different perspective and things like that so i'm expecting big things from this game at least from its community and yeah it still looks like it's a pretty fun game did you see anything new from this game or anything that caught your interest when it comes to hell divers 2 
Well, you know, it's it, just being Helldivers 2 would automatically have my interest because I was a fan of the first one, even though it, it's not very single player friendly after not too long into the campaign once everything climbs up to medium and, and like hard or impossible levels. But always loved and respected Helldivers, wanted to get more into it. Helldivers 2, great, awesome. Saw it, got the got a proper third person, got a serious graphical improvement. So I was very supportive of that. You know, I'm it it just looks more like the fantasy of what it depicts. And you know, people love Earth Defense Force. So Helldivers looks similar to that kind of experience, albeit, you know, higher production quality, more polished. So I don't know if I'm going to get into it myself, but I am very anxious to see how it's going to be received as well as how people respond to it online. Because, you know, you look around, I've seen some of the discussion around Helldivers 2 and there was, you know, a little, there was a little uproar about it not being the isometric view anymore. Like that's what makes it Helldivers. And I, I don't think all that, that's, that's not what made it Helldivers. What made it Helldivers were just, the staggering difficulty, the friendly fire, the calling in the support, and just having that that Star Trooper, the Starship Troopers fantasy in a video game, just shooting down hordes of bugs, taking on impossible situations and finding some way to survive. You know, everyone fights, no one quits. So yeah, man, I'm anxious to see how Helldivers is gonna do. I hope people really gravitate toward it if it's as good as it should be. And yeah, man, I think we're just going to have yet something else to play or something else to be like, oh, man, I always thought about that, but my backlog and all this. <laughs> but Helldivers looks dope. I can't wait to hear people's impressions. Let me see. Let me see if we've got a new one. All right. Now I'm going to get into something a little interesting because it's a PSVR 2 title. Uh, neither of us have a PSVR 2, so... We can't really get into it once it does come out. However, just watching this trailer was by far the most entertaining portion of the state of play that I, uh, or any show that I've ever seen. This game is Legendary Tales. So this is a new PSVR 2 game coming from Urban Wolf Games. It has first-person gameplay, and this has combat with magic, swords, hammers, bow and arrow, and, and more. So... The trailer centers a lot on combat with skeletons. Uh, the the visuals are, I very much like the art style and the animation. It's not, you know, AAA quality visuals or anything. However, where this game excels is in its gameplay. <laughs> it's really taking advantage of what VR has to offer. Because it's, it's not just your standard fantasy fair where it's like, okay, I got my sword. I got my spells, I got my shield, let me put my shield up, let me swipe at the guy, let me put my shield up, let me swipe at the guy. No, this one is, let me grab this skeleton by the throat, pummel him in the face with my fist, look over to the side, throw a, mat, throw a spell at a group of skeletons coming, shut them down, turn back to this bastard in my hand, keep pummeling him, body slam him through a table, move the pieces of the table out the way so I could pick them up and continue messing his messing his whole shit up. Like combat where normally you grab a sword by the hilt and you slice somebody. But 
who would think that you could ever just pick up a sword by the blade and impale someone with the finger guard? <laughs> you wouldn't think of that kind of thing. Or maybe you're you're blocking somebody's attacks with your shield and you stab them in the thigh with your blade and then smack them in the face with shield. <laughs> it's it seems like this game is leaning on the potential of realism in combat where it's it's not so much about you like oh get the best sword oh get the best thing even though there are all kinds of weapons and they look like they have different effects probably different different styles but they're still objects and they behave like they would as if they were objects like if if you just need to hit somebody with the back end of the sword you could do that if you if you want to hit somebody with a chair or if somebody like if there's something in your way you just throw it out of the way or throw it at somebody or throw somebody at it it's it's taking care of all that and i feel like this is a strong step forward for what vr games could be like i think this is going to find itself up there with the likes of something like demio where it's just a very common sense and innovative way to approach a VR title where the idea is that you're in this space and you have this freedom of motion where you can engage with everything in a very personal level. AMC, how did you feel about Legendary Tales? Um, oh, yeah, the game looked good. It um, looked interesting, especially, as you said, like the combat. But uh, what I'm interested in is, in is all the different weapons because at one point you mm -hmm. had like the captain america shield flinging it around uh, bouncing off his skill bouncing off people making his way back to you then uh you had yeah thor's hammer mjolnir if i can summoning lightning charging that shit in your hand so you got like a little mini avengers thing going on here yeah. um and then, yeah like, <laughs> as you said like the action is very visceral in that like he's like one scene he like he's holding a skeleton by its bony neck and just pounding it in the face. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, uh, like there's like, as you said, like fighting the dude and like grabbing a chair, smashing it over the head with the chair, <laughs> knock it back. Um, I like the, the, the combat, especially the ax combat where you see like the, the, the deflecting the shots or at least meeting them to block them and mm -hmm. like hitting each area where the person's swinging so i'm i'm curious to see like how much control you have over that and if you do that's that's gonna be a whole another level um but yeah it just the the action as i said it, it just when i think of doom and like those like machine game styles like just very visceral action like that's what i got from this game just very visceral with the way you just go into combat like you just Everything is a weapon. You're just trying yeah. to take them down as quick as possible. Like not trying to get too fancy with it. <laughs> you're just like just throwing what you have and fist to face, foot to mouth until they're until they're down. And yeah, it looked interesting in that fantasy setting. So yeah, I, I'm very curious to see how this game comes out. Cause there's been like not necessarily all on PSVR too, but there's been a string of pretty good uh uh vr games and so yeah if this one what was the other one asgard's wrath 2 um and so yeah if they're if we continue to get great vr games of this at least from this like fantasy it's a good foundation for where they can eventually branch off to and so yeah um good signs for si great single player experiences and video game. i think there was a, a point where you did see a homie also fighting in the background so maybe this does have co-op oh, action but oh there's God. definitely a yeah. lot of um vr co-op yo 
Yeah, yeah. You just see the homie just stomping out a dude while you're just taking on a horde of skeletons. It looks great. So, like, yeah, what um, if I'm, we can both pick up a skeleton by the legs and swing them into each other? Yeah, or like you grab one end, I grab the other end, you rip it in half. Pull him up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take off his arm, beat him with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Oh, the possibilities are endless. Like it in an industry that focuses a lot on like style and polish, it's nice to see something that just gives you just raw brute force as a way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. Um, let's see. Next game. What do we got here? You know what? I want to talk about V Rising. Yes. Got that vampire rising. Let's see. Coming to PS5. Got the IGN write up for this. Uh, v Rising was released in early access in May 2022 on Steam. Set in an open world, V Rising has players controlling a vampire who recently woke up and tasked with venturing across the world and defeating bosses, feeding on the blood of enemies, NPCs, mm-hmm. and avoiding hazards that will kill your character, such as direct sunlight. He ain't blade. He ain't that daywalker. Direct sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so all we know is that uh, yeah, this is made by Stumlock Studios, and it will be releasing sometime this year, but no official date. But um, yeah, we know that it's top-down. had some platforming in there. The action looked fun um saw a little bit of bullet hell action in the in the boss battles so it's, it seems like it's just an overall like just fun experience and you're a vampire so you get to do your vampireness in in this type of setting and so you know we, we're, we're seeing what like masquerade and those games come out but um we're not really getting that uh that that top-down goodness when it comes to vampires and and maybe that was the class that diablo has planned for later this year but v rising Whoa. may give us a little a little oh, taste yeah <laughs> never would have thought of that a vampire class yeah because there's vampire that. enemies of different of different types like brawls and whatever the fuck else vampire ranks are but mm-hmm. to play as like like alucard <laughs> yeah you can turn into a bat and start flying around <laughs> yeah. traversal eh? clear that go <laughs> You feed on the enemies, you get stronger. Yeah, they could do some good stuff there. Yeah, that temporary buff blood sucking. Get yeah. 50%, 50% more damage when you blood suck a boss. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, what did you think of this game when you saw it, Ada? I mean, I immediately got vibes of Blood Omen Legacy of Kane, And that's by far one of the greatest vampire games ever crafted by human hands on the original PlayStation. It's just incredibly ahead of its time. And this is this is calling back to that. This is far less serious and dark than Blood Omen was, which is somewhat refreshing because it brings it brings a charm to it. It leaves room for just more entertainment value rather than being like bleak and dreary all the time. If you're into that, though. Like blood on is the way to go. However, it it looks great. You know, it was in early access, so I imagine there's been a lot of feedback and upgrades in order to to appease the masses and make it into the best product that it can be. So, really looking forward to this hidden PlayStation, especially with the the whole the whole building mechanics, because you can craft your own vampire castle in your manor <laughs> and bring people in. I'm sure there's all kinds of mechanics like where you could just you can have that kind of that stable of just kidnapped people who just serve as nothing but blood bags. <laughs> we'll see. I'm looking forward to it, man. It, it looks awesome. For a minute I thought it was 
it was the um the next game that's coming from the makers of glory in the blind forest but nah, this is something wholly different and we're getting it on ps5 so that's awesome and speaking of things that we're getting on ps5 the long-awaited highly celebrated dave the diver is finally taking the plunge into those Sony waters, yes. It was a surprise hit in 2023, and today we learned the game, today. <laughs> of course, this is a write-up from IGN. Uh, and today, we learned the game is coming to PlayStation this April, plus we learned that Godzilla is coming to Dave the Diver, May the 24th. Well, when I initially saw Dave the Diver, like I, I was totally on board because of my experience with a game by the name of Moonlighter, where it, it's a dungeon crawler. You go into the dungeon, you get all your loot, you take on bosses and everything. It's, it's very similar to like a Legend of Zelda style game. But then you come out of the dungeon and you go back to town because you own a store and you get things to sell in the store by going in the dungeon. So you gotta, you know, put things on the shelves, you gotta set prices, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to people and what they're saying when they're moving about, looking at the displays, you gotta watch for shoplifters. Uh, Dave the Diver, you won't have to worry about, hopefully you won't have to worry about such nefarious things as people trying to steal your goods because you're a sushi chef. And you go in, you go in the water, you get all your catches, you come back, you cut them up, serve them up, plate them, get them out there, get the money, get the reviews. I'm, I'm very much a fan of of games that have kind of like that, uh, like that, that business in the front, party in the back kind of style, <laughs> or it's like you know I, I run a business, but that business is slaying monsters and selling their parts. Like I'm very interested in that game that's coming out where you're like a goblin shop owner that is like refurbishing and like cleaning up items found in dungeons and selling them. So Dave the Diver more than welcome uh, the moment i saw it i was like i can't wait for this to come to playstation here it is very excited amc i know you're getting this oh yeah i mean uh, it's yeah it's one of those ones when it was on the switch i was like damn <laughs> like I gotta, I gotta get this game but yeah um looks awesome i can't wait to pick it up eventually and put in that work because it, it definitely looks like a straight-up girlfriend game like uh like every other like great game that we like where we might not be uh, two players, but we love handing off the sticks and just going through that world. Um, so yeah, Dave the Diver. That's would, a. You think you would handle it? all? You would handle all the fishing and then let Marissa run the restaurant. Uh, I mean, it depends. Maybe if she likes the fishing, then we got to mm -hmm. trade off the sticks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's fun. I we loved uh, playing Golf Story and all those games. And you added like a market because that's like what like Stardew has, and that's like that's where you start like. Your economy brain starts kicking in and you're just like oh like what's the what's the most what's the most efficient way to make some money in this game mm -hmm. um so yeah that looks dope and then on top of that godzilla coming so i mean this game has everything uh i can't wait <laughs> to see what they plan to add to this game and I, it was on you know at least for the game awards but it was on a lot of people's list for indie game of the year mm -hmm. i think some people said it, it wasn't in any game i don't know how that works out yeah but. it was that whole yeah, it, it it was a lot with the game awards. <laughs> just, it just every year as Jeff gets more successful with it, suddenly there's more problems. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like oh, like how how they how dare they think they're the standard? Sorry, <laughs> like, right. but you all well, watch it. Well, right? first, it, well, first it was like all <laughs> video game awards are meaningless. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's just a, it's just an opportunity for them to congratulate themselves and market their products. Yeah. Yeah. And now he ain't doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't doing me right. Yeah. yeah make, um, make your award show. Yeah. But uh yeah, the Dave Zaver looks awesome. Do you have anything else before we move to the next game, Ada? Oh, any any other well, I was gonna move to the next game, but that's on you. Dave Zaver right. is awesome. I'm getting it day one. Don't give a right. don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to the next game, A-Dub. Yes. Let's see. Um, I'll take this one. This one being, oh, we got, we'll, we'll talk about Judas, A-Dub. Oh. Uh, Bioshock creator Ken Levine's latest game. It's right. a new trailer. Let's see. Um, we're just going to read off I I had to say. So we already knew that Judas, a first person sci-fi action game from Bioshock creator Ken Levine was in development. And today we got a new trailer. Show some serious Bioshock vibes. Mm -hmm. uh, as one of a handful of announcements that yada yada yada. We didn't get a release date. The footage. Oh man, I really should have fucking. Anyways, the game looked dope. <laughs> We're just skip all this. <laughs> That's a, that was about the gist of the showing of Judas. It, it looked yeah. great. Like we didn't learn anything that we didn't already know. It was, you know yeah. It's it's great to see it coming along. Great facial animations. And, mm -hmm. and it looks awesome. It looks like a more faster pace. Bioshock, a more aggressive Bioshock, which is definitely welcome. So I'm just looking forward to learning more about it and figuring out when the hell we get to play. Yeah, like it looks like just a great extension of everything that we loved about Bioshock, but like and on a modern console. And the action looked great. Uh, and yeah, that's all I can really say about that game. I can't wait for it to come out and see one how much it takes from Bioshock storytelling wise, but also to see like how they've expanded because i know so many people love the narrative of bioshock and so yeah to see it in a modern setting with a modern take um yeah i, I can't wait to see what happens with the game wow what else you got Ado? what else i got well i mean i i know you gotta be out pretty soon so i guess i'll try to get to the meat of it mm. your boy your boy kojima made an appearance he showed up he didn't have yeah. He, he didn't have just one thing to show us. He had one thing to tell us. No. Uh, first of all, he showed us a little bit more of Death Stranding 2 and just how absolutely insane it's going to be creatively. I mean, we got a woman with mechanical hands as, as like a kind of living scarf around her neck, serving as a face mask, lighting her cigarettes and things like that. She got got your man sam porter bridges back they're they're walking around monochrome with color backgrounds they got the stop motion homie and i'm saying a bunch of words that people are like i don't understand any of this and you shouldn't because kojima is just ahead of the game he's outside of the box he, he outside with it but yeah man death training too of course it's just pushing the bar visually he's doing some interesting very large things environmentally like we're seeing bloods we're seeing rock slides and the like just continuing to rule the roost with those with the star-studded casts and the top-notch performances it's like i could go on and on about every detail i saw of that game and none of it will give you any idea of what the game is like unless you play death stranding or you know or just into kojima stuff because I mean, the man knows what he's doing. He's awesome. AMC, did you play Death Stranding? And do you have any interest in Death Stranding 2? Uh, no, did not play Death Stranding. Um, heard a lot of good things about it. It was just a game that I, 
yeah, I just never found time to play. And, you know, it's <laughs> my, my worry with Death Stranding always was basically just like, am I going to be able to follow the story? Like, am I going to play <laughs> the game and be like, that was an awesome game, but I have no idea. There, there were times in Metal Gear playing it where I'm like, I don't. I don't know what the hell is going on. <laughs> oh, you you weren't down with the lolly lulelo? <laughs> the what? <laughs> uh, e- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, like there, there's a lot of things, and like, like Kojima, Kojima is a little abstract with it at times in a way that's like very artistic and like people He's appreciate. It. Abstract, it's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Where where are the other creators in the industry like this on a triple A level? Yeah um and so yeah it's uh that's like that's like my big like i guess concern or whatever when it comes to playing um death stranding was like am i gonna enjoy it but not really know what the hell i just experienced once i'm done with it but um knowing that there is a second one the characters definitely look awesome seeing this trailer um love that guitar guitar battle axe dude <laughs> like the, yeah. the villain. Yeah, oh, he, man, he would be he would be a perfect Kepka in a Final Fantasy VI remake. Yeah. And um, you know, some of the additions that they add in the director's cut seem to be a lot of quality of life stuff that I'm assuming is gonna be there in the second one. So yeah, I'm I'm assuming this is just gonna be a big improvement on the first game, which people liked. It was something that people tried to laugh at, and then Coachman was like, Nobody laughs at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then everybody learned why you don't laugh at Kojima. That is exactly <laughs> it's like actually uh the game is financially successful and winning awards you get off the nuts yeah exactly. hajime mashte <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's um yeah it's just a game that i never got to i think i i do want to play it though because because i heard so many great things about it and it's just one of those things that i just need to sit down put in that time don't like put a lot of weight on it like even like take off that that weight of I need to complete this feeling like almost like give it a try, see if you like it, but you know, put some actual time into it. Don't play for five hours and say, Oh, I got the gist of the game. Yeah. Like, and then like, because like, there, there are too many games where you get to like hour 10 or so and things really open up at that point once you're like through the tutorial phase and it just becomes a completely different game. And yeah. so, yeah, um, I want to give it its due when I eventually play it, but it's just, I, it's just not, a priority as many games aren't and so um yeah once i do give it a try i'm looking forward to that but yeah i mean, I mean you got the baby and now the baby's out and I can... <laughs> Dude, when i when i start playing death stranding like in earnest i think i'm gonna wear the baby when i'm playing yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you get the fucking yeah like the i haven't seen my baby in so long he's just in the case the closet <laughs> yeah <laughs> But yeah, I mean, AMC, you got plenty of time to figure it out because Death Stranding 2 isn't coming along until 2025, but mm. that's not all your boy Kojima is working on. Uh, we know he's got OD, which is the the project that they're making in partnership with Xbox. However, I'm reminded of when Kojima mentioned that, you know, along with Jordan Peele, there's kind of an Avengers of, of like industry talent that are working on his upcoming projects which I believe plays into his reveal that he's working on a new action espionage game that we can expect to go into full production after Death Stranding 2 ships. Mm-hmm. AMC, you think we're getting that that Metal Gear successor, that 
that like oh, it's it's kind of the same but it isn't konami what you're gonna do <laughs> i got the people behind me <laughs> yeah what you gotta do and it, it seems to be working on it in partnership with sony which you know kojima just getting all the bags just let me get that sony money over here let me get that microsoft money over here let me get a little bit more of that sony money over here like I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if we get a Nintendo exclusive from Coach, but hopefully we do. That would be an awesome collab. AMC, do you have any like expectations or like do you want anything from this action espionage game that he's going to be working on, or are you just going to let it come and take it for what it is? Uh, I mean, let it come, take it for what it is. As uh, as I mentioned in the past. Spot and stealth, not my thing, <laughs> not my favorite yeah. thing, at least. Uh, I, I did enjoy oh, playing Metal Gear when I played it, but um, yeah, like I I played, like, as I said, like I I enjoyed Metal Gear, but I didn't love Metal Gear. I played Metal Gear One, thought it was an amazing game. Oh, Skip okay. Two, which people say is arguably the best game in the series. Skip it Three, my favorite, which people are looking forward to the remake of, and then um. I mean, four. Jump right back in. People said there's too many cutscenes. I enjoyed four. <laughs> Maybe it was all it the was too many cutscenes. Yeah. yeah. So I enjoyed four, but like you know, I've just never been like Splinter Cell. Not not interesting to me. I played what is it? Um, Phantom Pain got like a few hours into the game and just fell off and never had any interest in going back into it. Um, yeah, just sneaking around. Not not super. Like just not a big fan of that of that pacing that's probably why i didn't get last of us 2 even though i love the last of us one um it's just never never really like uh my favorite style of gameplay and it isn't to say that's bad it's just not my style of gameplay and so you yeah like games it. where you have an entire military arsenal at your disposal at any point of the day and you're waiting in a locker for some dude to walk out the room yeah, <laughs> what I loved in uh, Metal Gear Four was uh, hiding around that corner and then sending the drone out and just zapping, and then like another guy would see the dude laying on the ground and not zap him. Yeah, <laughs> just, just, just piling up bodies like Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so yeah, it's um yeah, it's just not not my thing. Um, I'll, I'll go through Murder Grass, but that's like as, as that's about as much as I'll I can handle of stealth. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not super exciting for me, but I am excited that Kojima is, you know, carrying on that legacy because Konami wouldn't let that happen. So, um, I am happy to see that he is carrying that torch and I'm interested to see, yeah, like how, like, what's, what's it going to be about? Is it going to be like the bears instead of the foxes? Like, nope. what, what do we got? What do we got going on here? Uh, uh, like the, br the bronze bears instead of the diamond dust. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like <laughs> gas, gaseous snake. And <laughs> I guess yes, it was already. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Semi-solid salamander. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a plasma panther. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Noble gas. Prairie dog. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm having too much fun, but there are some people who aren't having any fun. <laughs> yeah. There are some people who aren't looking forward to anything and they, they see a show like this and they walk away with their hearts empty. And, and tears in their eyes and they're called troll of the week 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 that that cypher troll of the week but yeah i'll get into it because i know i know you get you're short on time you're running over budget 
First, Shoal says, I generally don't understand the Western PlayStation fans celebrating the latest Final Fantasy release, Stellar Blade, etc. They look diabolical. Like I, I never looked at a video game and thought it had aspirations of taking over the world. Uh, Final Fantasy looks phenomenal. Stellar Blade looks awesome. We didn't get to cover it just yet. Not much to go on there. Looks like a complete game at this point. I believe we got an April release date. So A-Dub is especially excited for that because your girl has some slamming outfits. And I look forward to unlocking each and every one of them as I play through that title. Uh, speaking of Stellar Blade, Next Troll says, Korean developers declared war on Western game journalists. <laughs> well, what, because, because there's an attractive woman in the game that's war on game journalists? I don't I don't think game journalists were the problem, homeboy. <laughs> but just enjoy the game. Don't make it into a social issue. It's just a game. Next Troll says, is Foam Stars generally the only one of 10 PlayStation live service games that's making it out the door? It looks like Splatoon, but without the fun. Damn, that's cold. Especially when Sony is on record asking people not to compare Splatoon to Foam Stars. They may look similar, but they play differently and have different mechanics. So, you know, maybe we should give foam stars a chance instead of writing it off either being live service or looking too much like some other game which plenty of games do because there's not a lot of originality left to claim as one's own next troll says looks like play is in a sorry state nice <laughs> next troll says all you lame sony fanboys better treat that live service garbage hell divers the same way you treated suicide squad bunch of effing hypocrites <laughs> i mean not completely off base there i mean keep the same energy want to shout down and and crowd out everything live service related but when an exclusive comes along even though the same love isn't going to foam stars Helldivers was an awesome game. And, you know, getting a sequel to that, you're more than likely getting an awesome game. People have something they can compare it to, have something they can look back on. Suicide Squad is an original idea. Granted, it's built on all the work done with the Arkham games. But at the same token, it's it's Suicide Squad. People are apprehensive about playing as villains. They're apprehensive about fighting against their favorite heroes. Like, it, it had a very steep uphill battle to fight. But, you know, we'll see what happens with Helldivers. Personally, I wish the best for any game, regardless of how it's developed, how it's funded, what its business model is, because good games are just good games. It doesn't matter what shape they take. Next Troll says, PS5 is such a hunk of garbage. Look at the graphics of these games. Rise of Ronin and Silent Hill could work on PS4. That may be the case, but the idea is to move people off of their PS4s and onto PS5s. And the only way you do that is by making PS5 only titles. Uh, Rise of Ronin, in this case, although its graphics may not be, you know, high quality, movie quality and polish, it's got a lot of mechanics and a lot of area to cover that probably the PS4 didn't have the confrontational power to deal with. So before we go writing off games based on their graphics, maybe think a second about their content and their mechanics, what's going on, because there's a reason you didn't have games like this on PS4. Uh, next show says, people love garbage, food, cars, PS5, it sells. 
Uh, all right. Good thing sell too. Uh, last, not last troll, next troll. Why do all these games look like they're still coming to PS goddamn 4? Well, maybe because PS4 games looked awesome anyway. You don't really need to go that far beyond that. I would much prefer a game that looks like it could be played on PS4 but has mechanics that PS4 can't handle any day. Last troll says, so essentially no first party bangers this year. So their plan is to throw a lot of third party shit at us. Awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. Because even though they're still cooking that first party stuff behind the curtain, they're still bringing stuff out to the table. They're called appetizers. It's called an amuse-bouche. You know, you're getting us ready for the main course. So let's just simmer down, give them some time, bear with them. Because when those first party bangers do come, I don't think I'm going to see you around talking that shit. AMC. You got anything for these trolls? I mean, these horrible third-party games like yeah. Final Fantasy that everybody's looking forward to. Yeah, you know, horrible, not not exclusive, but horrible third-party games like Baldur's Gate three that you had to play because you didn't have any first-person <laughs> first-party games that people were claiming as a as an indirect Sony exclusive because it, yeah. it wasn't on Xbox yet. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I I don't have much to say. I you know you know what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're getting we're getting past the point. I don't know, man. In 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 upcoming trolleys, we might just have to retire trolley. <laughs> yeah, because exactly. it's just it's the same thing every year. It's just what can we find wrong with something? What can we complain about? And it's always low effort, low energy. It's unnecessary. Yeah. Uh, AMC, That's did you have any more any more items you wanted to hit from the PlayStation State of Play showcase? Uh, yeah, but let's take a quick break and we'll hit that shortly. Yes, yes, y'all. Um, yeah, don't don't really have any anything else to add other than you know just overall opinions on state of play. I know people come down pretty hard on state of plays, especially when they're just third party focus. But we did see some exclusives here. Uh, overall, just personally, we'll see what how you felt after. I, I thought it was a great one. I thought it was one of the better ones as of late. I'm I'm never really too hard on. Any any of these like you know reveals because they're just showing us video games and it's kind of weird when people get mad at companies for showing us video games <laughs> for showing us what we want, but it is what it is. But um, I did like you know the presentation. Um, it was it was nice. It was snappy. The you know we saw what was it Herman Holtz? Um, we saw his mm -hmm. face. We saw mm -hmm. Kojima. So they they had all the surprises that you love to see. Um, Kojima with the, with the hoodie and the sleeveless bubble coat. Like he's just been chilling outside of bodegas for the past year. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, and yeah, and then seeing Kojima. So, you know, they had surprises. And at the same time, we got to see the lineup of games that are coming. And Stellar Blade looks awesome. And some of the other games, like as we mentioned, a lot of the notables look great. And I think Helldivers 2 is going to be good. So I think it was an overall successful state of play for what we can expect from this year and a little nugget of, you know, things to come, especially when it comes to Death Stranding 2 in that espionage game. So I think it, if the purpose was to show people that, hey, there's still plenty of games coming to this console, don't get too worried about this whole live service thing that we're also trying to get going. I, I felt like um, the message was sent. I know it's unfortunate that some people will only focus on the fact that well, how much first party was actually there as opposed to third party exclusives. But ultimately, 
if you're looking at it from the point of a consumer who enjoys playing video games and finding video games that you like to play and to feel that you're happy with your purchase when it came to the PlayStation console, I felt like this was at least a successful attempt at like reaching out to those people and, and getting some of them over to, you know, the cooler head side as opposed to the uh the the control, you know, the concern trolls. How did you yeah. how did you feel about this overall presentation? I mean, there's a lot of things to look forward to coming this year. Personally, I don't get hung up on whether something is is first party or not, just as long as the box or boxes that I own are doing what's necessary to bring me new, compelling, interesting content that I can enjoy, you know, according to my taste or take a risk or do something. Like I saw a lot of very interesting stuff and things that deserve to get positive discussion and attention around them other things that we couldn't get to you know we talked about stellar blade how that's coming in in april i believe rise of the ronin is coming excuse me is coming along that's coming in march and basically sony has has an exclusive in some form or fashion coming like in each month <laughs> for like the next three or four months so that's something to look forward to and to be happy about especially since some of these are new ips things that people say that they want so you know i i don't get it man i'm having a good time i'm gonna be having an even better time because <laughs> there's just too much stuff to play this is a great time to be a gamer and i think gamers gotta get that hate out your heart and learn how to enjoy what's right in front of you while it's in front of you. That's how I feel. Yeah. Do you have any uh, quick hits before we get here? And we had a couple of stories that we had uh, quick hits. You know, there were in all the layoff news, uh, there was a major one at Microsoft where there was about 1900 employees that were let go from Microsoft's gaming division. Um, I don't you know, we we talked about layoffs and everything. I don't want to keep digging into that. But another casualty of these layoffs was the survival game that blizzard was working on and i'm excited when they showed it they had the concept art i was like yes finally something something new and original from blizzard a survival game it's different you know it's not going to be a diablo like it's not going to be you know more overwatch stuff or hearthstone or real-time strategy like this is going to be something different something new and <clears throat> not just patiently waiting for information and updates maybe some gameplay maybe a release window but i guess none of that is going to come to pass so hopefully that even though the project is canceled it still finds some way to manifest in future projects or maybe some existing projects by way of you know, just different kinds of content that they can add to test the waters on it. Uh, AMC, did you have any feelings about this canceled new IP? Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. I I don't didn't really know much about it other than it was a survival game. So I I yeah. am curious. I and, I and just you know, I am one of those people that believes that Blizzard makes a lot more good than they make bad. If if anything, they're pretty much like spot on with a lot of the things that they make as far as what I like. <laughs> yeah. So any type of cancellation from them is unfortunate because you just know that Blizzard doesn't just put out games and then like 
especially like when they're you know when they when it comes to the promise and we're not saying that this was going to be this but when it comes to the promise of even like live service they tend to uphold that promise like they support their games in perpetuity <laughs> as far as we know like there's not too many like blizzard games where you're like man they put that out and then they just let it go yeah like um like the closest might be what hearthstone or it was not hearthstone, heroes of the storm and even then people are still playing that game <laughs> like uh it's um blizzard always puts a lot into their games um and so yeah i felt like that would have been you know that would have been the same thing with this game and it's unfortunate that it got canceled um yeah it just it really sucks but maybe microsoft is like hey you got some good stuff going on here and you'll get something going once like you know once you put enough time into like diablo and overwatch 2 you're focused there then we can focus back on this uh, survival game, get that going again. Who knows? But that sucks. Juices flowing. <laughs> yeah, but it, it does suck because, yeah, as you said, like they they had to get get rid of a lot of people. And who knows? Like how much of that has to do with like redundancy and you know just That's cutting out said. that when it comes to the merger. And then also it's just you know the economic times. Like um, when it comes to as I said, like companies just trying to lean out <laughs> um, and just cut costs. Maybe that was also, you know, that, that might also weighed in on how many people they ended up getting rid of. So it sucks. It sucks for all those people. And um, yeah, it's the downside of mergers and acquisitions. And yeah, it's unfortunate. And yeah, I, I don't have much more to say other than that, other than sucks. But there's plenty of other games coming out. I'm loving Diablo. I'm loving Overwatch. And so if they were in the they're... eighth year of Overwatch, I know. And it's just kicking ass. <laughs> Still. Yeah. Better better than it was when it first came out. Yeah, bigger and better. So yeah. Depending it's, on uh, who you ask, of course. Yeah. So it's it's unfortunate. It sucks. It sucks. But yeah, it is what it is. Um, anything else, A dub? Any other quick hits? Um, I'm all out, my good man. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'll cut it off right here. You can uh look forward to I was gonna do um you know playstation games that you can look forward to getting in february just know that you, you can get foam stars as adub mentioned earlier so foam stars the ps plus offering oh didn't you have the ps plus games you can just list those yeah yeah I'll, I'll fill them out real quick uh we had sorry let's go to the notes um we had foam stars we had um oh we had roller roller drome which is a game that a lot of people liked that came out. It's kind of like a, um, what's that uh, sport where you like you're on roller skates, fucking people up, roller derby. Yeah, it's like roller That's derby right. with guns. Yeah, um, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people really enjoyed this game when it came out. So this is definitely a highly recommended game. And then um, this one, not so much. It was uh, I don't have it written down. It was like steel. Oh, steel rising. Steel rising. One of those souls likes that came along. People. Uh, I think that was Everyone one did. of the few that people enjoyed and were like, you know what, this is, this is a pretty cool idea. It was it was like Steel Rising and Themesia came out relatively close to each other, and those were kind of like, you know, oh, these are cool souls likes. Then Liza P came out and just it's like this is how you do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So hey, got some good stuff. I'm definitely gonna add Roller Drome and Still Rising to my library. Foam Stars. I, I gotta see what people are saying about it. It doesn't really do much for me just as a game. I respect Splatoon. I mean Splatoon. I respect Splatoon, but it's also a game that I would never like just 
decide to play on my own. So Foam Stars kind of occupies that same area, regardless of live service and all this stuff. So we'll we'll just have to see. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> if AMC gets down on some Foam Stars, hey, they'll come on over. The word about this strong. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Suckers. Suckers.